This podcast and actually my business wouldn't be as pretty if it weren't for our friends from Musicbed. Find the perfect song for your films with a highly curated roster featuring hundreds of artists, bands, and composers. As a Wedding Bossness listener, you could get your first month of subscription free or 20% off of a single song purchase. Just enter the promo code WEDDINGBOSSNESS when you check out. Or just click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Wedding Bossness Podcast, the wedding videography podcast that talks to business experts and asks the question, what works for my wedding business? Today's guest is Kevin Dennis, and we are talking about cultivating your relationship with your creative partners. Kevin is the international president of WIPA, so he has worked with the who's who of the wedding industry and his input about growing a relationship with these people, it's something that I learned a lot from and I hope you will too. You know, I love talking to people really because I like learning about things. And the best part about learning is the part where I find it from the most unsuspecting places. That's what makes this wedding videography podcast different. I bring in guests with different expertise. doesn't have to be in the wedding video industry. We both learn from them, and you don't even have to get dressed. I'm so honored that Kevin is here, and I cannot wait to share this interview with you. Albert Einstein said, It is not that I'm so smart, but I stay with the questions much longer. I just really hope I ask the right questions. I'm pretty sure I did. But more importantly, thank you for being here. We are both going to learn something new for today. So grab your drink, grab a piece of paper, and get ready. This is the Wedding Bossness Podcast. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. I really appreciate this. Yeah, we. <laughs> I remember um, we've been emailing back and forth, and w- the, the original interview date was months away before the pandemic. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure a lot uh, has changed in our lives, yours and mine, and everyone else's. So I can't wait. This is like the perfect top topic for me. But before we get into that. I would love it if you tell the listeners and the viewers something about yourself that they'd probably be surprised to know about you. Um, I had to think about that when you said before we went hit the record button, but uh, I was the president of the Future Farmers of America uh, chapter in my high school. So I um, went through high school and I actually took animals to the fair and I thought I was going to be a farmer. And uh, my senior year in high school, I started DJing and realized I had a love for that more than I did for uh, farming. And uh, that then changed my path from becoming a farmer into getting into eventually getting me into the wedding uh, business. So kind of that, that, I, that I think that's pretty shocker. Two different two different, uh, you know, from ha- hanging out with a bunch of animals to hanging out with a bunch of uh, crazy animals at a, at a wedding. Drunk animals, I guess, would be a good way of putting it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's funny because uh, you know I, I grew up in the Philippines, and our science weeks and you know the, it, it, stuff like that. It's all about farming. 
because we're yeah. like islands and you know it, it's oh, yeah. all about farming so it's actually i am actually surprised because i what <laughs> what state did you i'm in california so oh, okay. in northern california and my my grandfather and uh my aunt my aunt was very involved in in farming so which got me i always rode horses in like parades and did you know i grew up as a kid riding horses and doing different i meanwhile i haven't probably been in a horse in over you know 25 years it was the last you know or uh, i'd have to really think about that but it's been a long time since i've been on a horse i used to ride them all the time and do all you know all that kind of stuff but um it's uh yeah it's crazy so that's what my grandfather and then my aunt was very involved in her future farmers of america and then that got me in my in my area so i'm in a little town called livermore california so we're about 45 minutes east of san francisco and we have a lot of ranches and a lot you know a lot of farming that kind of stuff out here but uh the wine industry is uh really taking over our area so we um you know we had a couple wineries when i was a kid um but now um, we have over 65 wineries in the livermore wine region we're about an hour and maybe 15 minutes south of napa you know so we're not far from napa but Um, I recently learned that we were a thriving uh, wine region until Prohibition hit. So we had about 65, 70 wineries out in, in our area and then Prohibition hit. And so it's taken from Prohibition until today to get back to the numbers that we had pre-Prohibition. So it's kind of crazy. That's so cool. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, Alan Rickman. It's about the uh, the wine industry in Napa. He brought all the French grapes to Napa. oh yeah i forgot yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. movie that was but i it, can't think of it either but it was just yeah. so interesting how how it all evolved and it turned into this industry and it's it, i don't know if that's a good or a bad thing having like wineries in livermore oh it's time. great because it, it, it's uh more places for weddings so it, it's phenomenal so a lot gotcha. of these places you know not all have event centers connected to them but a bunch of them have uh you know a bunch of these wineries want event centers so People from like the Bay Area, a lot of the Bay Area cities are coming to us because we're a, a more cost-effective uh, wine region to have a wedding in than Napa. So, and Napa is very kind of anti-wedding up there. They're not very; they would rather have the people up there buying wine instead of the the weddings themselves. So. Really? Oh, I didn't know. That. Yeah, they're always having to fight. Uh, there's a lot of like city ordinances and all kinds of stuff that make it difficult for the people that do do uh, weddings up there. Uh, you know, because there's always some people that have been grandfathered in, but, you know, and there's some beautiful, phenomenal properties. I mean, you can't beat what you find up there in Napa, um, but they just make it very, very difficult to have a wedding up there. Well, that's that's surprising. I, I did. We did a wedding at Napa, but it was just a small wedding and it was like eight years ago or something. But it was it's yeah. always like a really nice place. I love that. Place. Oh, it's gorgeous up there. And I love wine, so yeah. I'm not opposed to yeah. <laughs> more wineries. <laughs> okay. So, um you mentioned that you got into DJing. I would love it if you tell the audience about um how you got into the industry and what you're up to sure. right now. Sure. When I was in high school, my neighbor was a DJ and I'd go help him. And so, I learned really quickly that um I was kind of nerdy in high school and I'm still nerdy now, but, um, in high, it was easier to meet girls when you were a DJ than it was when you weren't. Um, so I learned really quickly that I wanted to become a DJ as fast as I could. Um, cause the girl, they like the guy that's uh, spinning the records back then. That's how old I am. Uh, you know, so 
Uh, that's kind of how I got in the business. I actually uh, started, I kind of worked for a couple other DJ companies and then started my business the year after I graduated from high school. And then, um, you know, was going through college, still had my business and little did I know I would actually not finish college because my business actually was taking off and I was making, a, you know, a pretty decent living, you know, right away. So one of kind of to my parents' regret, I never finished college. I got a couple years in. Um, you know, but I, I have a successful business, I guess would be the long way of doing it. But about, um, it was about 95 is when I, um, cause I was kind of always had a part-time job, but still kind of doing it. But 95 was when I really jo- dove in full, uh, you know, full all the way into it. Um, started the business in 89, but 95 is when I'm like, I'm going to do this full time and I haven't looked back since. So, um, we've added a bunch of services. So now I, you know, we still have the DJ part. It's a small part of our business. Um, right now we're more known for the lighting, drapery, chandeliers, um, decor items is kind of what we really do. Um, you know, like we have a videographer that works for us, um, you know, and that does, we do about 20, 30 weddings a year video wise, but you know, and we have some photo booths, but, you know, we're more, you know, kind of being 45 minutes east of San Francisco. A lot of the San Francisco folks don't want to come out our way. So that's how we kind of diversified ourselves. It's like, oh, we need someone to do this. Oh, we need someone to do that. And that's kind of how we really diversified ourselves. And these, you know, event venues out here, the, the lighting really became a thing. Chandeliers have become, you know, you know, from, you know, videotaped weddings. It's they have, you know, if we can hang it, the brides want it. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, flowers, installations, we've done all kinds of crazy rigging of stuff. You know, we even rigged um, things around a Cirque performer at a wedding. You know, we've done some fun, crazy stuff. Um, that's where we really make our bread and butter. It's the drop off. I call it, you know, we drop it off, come back and pick it up. And, you know, but that's where we're making our money in the wedding industry right now. Man, I would love to do the drop. You said drop dropper. Well, no, we 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 go set up the wedding, make it beautiful, and then come back for it at the end of the night. We don't have to be there the whole time anymore. So <laughs> I would love to have that job. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you get old. You're not old <laughs> enough yet, I guess. I'm I'm getting there. So, yeah. um, wedding IQ. I yes. I looked up. Uh, I just researched everything about you, and I, I was telling you uh, before we started the interview that, um. Your your website was just it just spoke to me because that was actually what the reason was um, why I got into podcasting. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. So I acquired the blog about four years ago from two ladies on the East Coast, and then um, we've just kind of kept the same format. And eventually, you know, we're going to grow it. You know, we we're still trying to figure out what we're going to grow it into. Um, I had some plans for it this year, but then COVID hit and totally it's changed my whole book, you know, like everyone else, we've, it's changed our focus. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue. It's B2B. So we're there to help, uh, you know, wedding businesses get better, um, you know, because that's the one thing I, I personally think is the wedding industry is you have the people that do really good customer service and do a really good job. And then you have people that just do a good job on the day of and but give their clients really bad customer service leading up to it. So I, you know, my goal, you know, through that is to kind of break that stigmatism. So we all are providing excellent, you know, we're as, as well as doing our art, you know, whatever it is you do, that's your art, you know, DJ video, you know, flowers, you know, even limo drive, that's your art. You know, we need to run our businesses better in, in the wedding industry um, to one. I think people will respect us a whole lot more. 
Um, but that's a big thing for me. And that's what I do in my, you know, my fantasy sound, which is my company. Um, you know, it's, it's about, we try to give the best customer service possible as well as doing good at our art. So, and that's one of, I, I feel it's our competitive edge. Exactly. I, I always tell people that, um, since we're in the service business, customer service is the most important thing <laughs> as opposed to it really actual is. service because that's that's yeah. going to be your edge. It really is because there's a lot of, you know, I, I from a planner to a florist and a few other people that we work with that they're phenomenal at what they do, but they're horrible at email and that kind of stuff. And you you need to be you need to respond to people you need to get back to them you need you know and i also think you need to have boundaries with your clients you know like we we what we do in our office is we don't do sunday meetings you know sundays is kind of our day to do you know like if we have weddings we take care of our sunday weddings but we're not you know meeting with clients and we don't do monday meetings and then we even just uh, this last year stopped doing tuesday client meetings so we kind of moved all our clients so tuesday's our day that we focus on the business we you know recover from the weekend start prepping for the next weekend and then we do all our client meetings wednesday through saturday so it's a little it gets a little scary because we'll do saturday morning meetings even though we have weddings but we find a lot of our clients need to do that and we picked a couple nights a week you know we have usually Wednesday nights and Thursday nights or when we do our evening meetings and our, you know, we've kind of set up boundaries with our clients and we have no, no issues. You know, every once in a while you'll get a client that's, you know, flying in out of town or something, you know, something different. And, you know, there's always an exception to the rule that you have to take care. You know, that's part of providing better customer service. So, but those, you know, those are far few in between. Right. That That's the reason why uh, me and my wife, we decided, okay, you are, going to my I, I told my wife well she decided as well that she's going to concentrate on the customers and then i'm going to be part of the production so that we're mm -hmm. both separate it kind of like breaks their heart when they say okay are you going to be at the shoot are you going to be at the wedding and they're she's like no but then at the end of the mm -hmm. night they're like bring stella some cake <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's the perk I know. um so it's fun well then people get to know you too you know and they get to be part of your thing like i have people at the end they're like because they know I, I have two young two young i have an older son and two young girls i i at the end of the night take your girls flowers take them flowers you know <laughs> right yeah and you know it I, i feel like it makes i don't know maybe it makes the the company look bigger when they're like separate people in charge uh, of doing those i things. would say so we we get that people think we're bigger than we are because um, we put a lot of processes in, in place and you know there's weekends you know our staff we swell up and you know probably pre-covid we'll swell up to you know 18 to 20 employees which i still think is not that big um you know but we'll do you know 14 to 18 weddings on a weekend you know like we we get you know we'll we'll touch a lot on a weekend so people think we're actually bigger than we are but we have good processes and you know SOPs in place that we do, you know, it helps us streamline and it makes us look bigger than we are. Right, right. And I think that's important for customers too. And um, yeah. for other vendors, which is what we're going to oh, yeah. talk about too later. Well, yeah. before we get into the actual topic, uh, there's one more thing I want to ask you and it's about WIPA. Sure. You mentioned that sure. you are the international president. Yes, I'm almost done. So uh, I, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm coming up on my second year of being uh, the international president of WIPA. Um, we have chapters, uh, you know, across the country. Um, it's uh, I actually this is my second kind of go around as the president. I was uh, the president in um, 
I want to say it was 2015, 14 and 15 or 15 and 16. I have to always go back and look. It seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but um, when I was the president the first time around, when I started with WIPA, we only had 130 members. When I ended, we had about 400 members. Um, we currently, you know, pre-pandemic, we had almost 15 members. So we're growing. Uh, we have a chapter that's starting to form in, in Toronto. Um, you know, we have people that are interested uh, right now, a whip of Europe, uh, you know, so we have people interested in starting a chapter in Europe. Um, you know, we have a great chapter uh, in New York. It's one of my favorite. I never knew I, how much I love that city until uh, whip of New York. I'll be honest with you. It's such a fun city to go visit. I love and they're, you know, a great group of wedding uh, professionals up there. Um, you know, I love all my whip of chapters the same, but there's I am always very partial to my New York chapter. I don't know why they're good. They're, they're good people up there. We attended a WIPA event, I think maybe like two years ago, and the one thing that really stuck out to me are the quality of the vendors in those groups, um, and it's just it's just like a, a different level of of group, right? It's yeah, very well, luxury. I think. It is, but I think you you can even be non-luxury to be in WIPA. I'll be honest right. with you. I think what makes WIPA different than like NACE or ILEA and some of these other associations is that you have to be in business for three years and have a business license and insurance before you can become a member, um, you know, which I think makes it different because, um, you know, some like we can decide. Paul, you and I are going to start a balloon business tonight and go uh, sign up and we can be a member of NACE immediately. They'll take our money and start promoting, you know, Paul and Kevin's balloon business. You know, that that's just something, you know, but we could not be a WIPA member, you know, because we don't we haven't been in business for three years. You know, so that's the difference, uh, what I think. And that's where I think you get a little bit uh, qual more quality. We do have, you know, um, a, a young professional is what they call it, uh, membership where, you you can join be part of it you, you're not a voting member yet and um you can't serve on a board role but you know the help gets you ready once you hit that three-year mark then you can start serving on you know chapter leaders and all that kind of stuff you know it's 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 kind of neat we now have a little over a hundred chapter leaders you know for all, all the different chapters we have across the country and you know that's almost the amount of members we had when i was president you know the first time around and now these are people that are actually growing and, and and building their chapter you know our colorado chapter is probably our biggest um they've pretty much taken on the entire almost the entire state uh you know and their events are, are like if you've heard of engaged uh you know the the you know the conference that they put you know over the top conference that's what their whip events are like they're like mini engages and that chapter does a phenomenal job but they have almost two three hundred members themselves so yeah every time every time there's an event just people all of my friends wedding vendors they all look forward to going like oh engaged is going to be in mexico everyone's just yeah trying to go and and that and that's yeah. really i'll be honest with you that's what the whip of colorado events are, are very much like mini engages they they knock it out of the park i will say People are going to have to be patient with uh, WIPA events uh, for 2021 as we get back to meeting in person. They're not going to be the over, you know, because all the sponsors and people that really give, give, give are, are, you know, everyone's recovering, you know. So hopefully 2021 is the year of recovery. And then we'll get back to these over the top gorgeous WIPA events in 2022 or 2023, you know. So, I, you know, we might not have 
you know, over the top linen on the, on the table, it might be just be white or, you know, a, a plain linen and, you know, things, but it's, I think more than anything right now is we just need to get back to connecting with our, with people, you know, cause that's what I think we all miss is the connection that we have with all, you know, all our friends. Like we're still not back to, we're barely back to doing weddings in California. A lot of this backyard stuff. And so I'm not seeing any of my wedding friends in person anymore and that's i mean that's part of I think why we do what we do is the people that we work with as well so right it it i love that you said hopefully 2021 is the year of recovery because that's just i, I feel like that's what's trying to keep everyone going just you know just move mm -hmm. forward and hopefully by next year they come up with something and to help everyone and so now that we're talking about that i our topic is building and cultivating relationships with your creative partners. What do you think is the biggest obstacle right now when it comes to trying to build a relationship? Now, from like a beginner beginner's point of view, like trying to build a relationship. I think because you, a lot of people, you know, get into the industry. And they may have something new and innovative that's different than everyone else. And they expect to be added to like preferred vendor lists immediately. You know, they don't realize that it takes time and it, it it's relationships. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think you got to realize is all, you know, like I told you, I'm in Livermore and we have all these wineries out here. It's about building relationships for me. I would, my business would not be where it is today and not be doing half of the things that we're doing during the pandemic if it wasn't for these relationships that, that I've built over the years, you know, it's you, I'm able to pick up the phone and talk to the owner of the catering company or the owner of the venue. And we have a very candid conversation, um, you know, and you get to know people on a deeper level, I think is, is part of it is I know all about their families and their kids. And, you know, we all, you know, like we're one big wedding family out here in the Tri-Valley is kind of the area that we're part of. And it's just, you know, we're just, it all comes down to relationships. I think people come in to, I see it a lot of times as people will come into a wedding and just do their art and not take the time to connect with everyone else and not even take the time um, to really realize like, you know, do you remember the rules? Cause a lot of these venues are, have different rules, you know? And so people need to remember is, you know, us as, uh, you know, service providers, professionals that are coming into these venues is that we're guests in their home. And if people remember that we're a guest, you know, so you wouldn't go start standing on a chair, you wouldn't start to make things, uh, you know, from if you were you walked into someone's house, you know, so that's what I think a lot of people tend to forget um, is, is that we're a guest in someone's home. And when you have that mentality, you know, I, I think that goes a long way. And I think the other part of it, too, is even leading up to and during is the communication, because I've had like a photographer still the couple and no one knew where they were, not even the videographer, you know, so they, and it's like, where's, you know, and so we're all like hunting for the photographer or for the couple and, and the photographer. At first we thought the couple left because we couldn't find and then we, and then we realized that the, you know, a, a process of elimination, the, the photographer's missing. Oh, they took them to do something and told us, but you know, as a videographer, you may have wanted, you know, to get some of like, if they went to do sunset or, or, or found a cool little spot to photograph, the videographer might want some of that as well, you know? So I think of it as being collaborative because, you know, that videographer was like, 
mad at that photographer and probably will never refer that photographer for that one, one little experience, you know? So you need to give people positive experiences, you know, all the way through. And we all are going to have bad days, you know? And I think when you have relationships with people, it's easier to recover from a bad day. You can recover a whole lot quickly because they have that track record with you and they understand that's not who you are, you know, and you just unfortunately had a bad day. So, Man, it, it, if I had a dollar every time a photographer left us, it's just – so what I usually do now is whenever we start the day, I try to like make sure that we already establish a relationship before. And I, you know, I try to be helpful just so when the moment comes where they want to sneak out, they invite me. So I'm like, oh, yeah. this is perfect. You know, Treat, treat yeah. them with kindness and they treat you back with kindness. And it's Paul, it's really as simple as kindness. It really is. We're all in this together. We all, you know, I mean, you're, you're providing something for the couple on a different medium than the photographer, but they may find some, and, and even you, you may find, I found this really cool area that's back part of the venue. This might be cool for sunset or this might, you know, or even like maybe Paul for you, you, you work at this venue all the time, but the person doesn't. So you kind of get, Hey, this is this is kind of the lay of the land. This is how things flow here. You know, make sure you take care of that part. You know, like just kind of giving people a little bit of advice along the way goes. You know, it helps. There's a couple of venues out in my area that I work at a lot, and you know, and people kind of know that. And so when someone's new there, I always make sure I help them, even if I'm not a photographer, but I know where the photographers go. You know, I know what they, you know, I kind of know where, where they, you know, I'm like, Hey, I've seen photographers do this, this, and this, I'm not telling them how to take the photo, but I'm just kind of, Hey, I've seen this, this, and this, and it will respect that and appreciate that because you're willing to help, you know? And I think too, even on the day of like, you, you know, like, Hey, the sunset took a little longer than normal, but you're going to have the respect of people. If you're like, Hey, we need to push back everything 10 minutes because sun is not at the right spot yet. And we need to, you know, do this and people are going to be a little bit more respectful and like, all right, let's tweak this and let's do that. And, and going to be more willing to improvise with you on the day of the wedding. If you communicate and you're friendly and you, and, and your word, I'm going to use Paul's kindness. You know, I think that that goes a long way. Oh yeah. And you know, I, I feel like our job is to, whenever we go to work at, these weddings uh we we're providing a solution to the couple's problems right mm -hmm. but at the same time for us to be able to do that it should be like a team effort because not oh. everyone's like a working cog so i feel like also our job is to also help each other achieve that job like finish that job how do you feel yeah i that? i really agree with you and we're all going to shine in different parts of the wedding and some, some, I, I, you do find the people that have the big egos and it, they're the ones that are kind of ruining, you know, cause they gotta be on the, sh you know, look at me, look at me all the way through. And I, I think the people that go in there with the team approach that were there on team couple, you know, what, it, and we're all there for the couple and do the best thing we can. I mean, I've, I've helped caterers move chairs, you know, because this the staff ended up having to do something. So, I, you know, shine and help. I've helped a photographer, um, her uh, her second shooter ended up getting kind of uh, ill and had to go. And I was helping her carry her bags or, you know, help her move from one location to another. I mean, little things like that. I got the nicest thank you note from that photographer. I mean, just doing a little something like that. I mean, we're all in this together. We're all on team couple, you know, whoever that couple is, 
you know, and if we go approach it that way, you know, you're going to stand out to the venue. You're going to stand out to all the other uh, professionals. And then you're going to stand out to the couple, you know, and the couple then, you know, who knows, they may have brother, sister, cousins, you know, other people, they, you know, they're all at that age where they're all kind of getting married around the same time. So that's where your roots come from. You right. know, it's like, hey, I want Paul at my wedding because he's so much he's a lot of fun and he was easy to work with. And, you know, all the you know, all every anything nice they could say about you. And those when they tell people they're going to call you and they're going to immediately hire you. See, that's the thing. I, I feel like it, this is also good, even if you're new into the industry. Right. Because mm -hmm. I always tell people who because this is our 10th year in the business. And pe whenever people who are starting out ask me like tips or what should they do? I always tell them, you know, you go into a wedding, you go into a venue and it sometimes it's everyone's first time meeting each other, you know, and it's just because you're new doesn't mean that everyone else knows each other and you, they don't know you. So all you have to do is just make a really good impression whenever you come in and, um, and you, when you start working, right. I, I feel like that's, yeah. that's really important. So, we're we're recording this in the middle of the pandemic. Hopefully, mm -hmm. the tail end. But, <laughs> um, <Not so. laughs> but uh, I want to ask you, since we're on the topic of building relationships, for new people or people who, because obviously there's no networking going on. Mm -hmm. What what tips do you have for 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 people like? who are coming in new or, you know, trying to network? I think the biggest, I mean, networking, this, there's still like people doing stuff through Zoom, you know, so try to get involved in a Zoom. You know, there's, uh, you know, different groups and try, try to get involved that way. Um, you know, and it may be some of you may, your business was so busy that you stopped networking uh, and are now having to go back and network all over again. So like I know our WIPA chapters are doing different things through Zoom. I know people are Zoomed out right now. Um, but I also think that it's the only way we have to connect with people right now, you know, so, you know, try to find something along those lines, but also even through social media, you know, you could be, you know, following them through Instagram or Facebook. You know, I find a lot of our wedding professionals do a really good job on Instagram seems to be where, you know, everyone's killing it right now. Um, you know, but that's, you know, you could maybe be DM. I really enjoyed that photo you posted, or, you know, I can't wait, you know, and it may be someone. You know, like say, Paul, you're working with someone in 2021 and it's someone that you always wanted to work with. Hey, hey, that's a great photo right there that you posted. But I'm also looking forward to working with you with Susie and Johnny's wedding, in, you know, in, in April of next year, you know, kind of thing. You know, just kind of starting that, you know, not being pushy, you know, you, you know, but just being warm, you know, being, you know, start that conversation with people because you never know where it's going to take you. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Another thing, too which I'm learning through the pandemic and I'm never really focused on, which I still am working on. I'm not good at it yet is LinkedIn. Apparently LinkedIn is like Facebook 10 years ago, you know? And so the way people were using Facebook 10 years ago, is kind of the way people are using LinkedIn. And I've started to get some good connections with people through LinkedIn um, through this. I started updating my profile and, you know, doing different things with pandemic stuff that I would never have time to do. You know, but that's another way to start connecting with people because you could start seeing who the players are in the area that you want to work with. Um, I don't think I think calling a venue cold. I think, um, you know, 
emailing them cold. People don't enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, the, the venue, you just become, it falls on deaf ears. So you gotta, you know, maybe your couple, you're working with a couple and um, you've never worked at that venue before. Have that couple introduce you to the, you know, whoever the event, you know, planner is at that wedding or the event contact is. Hey, here's Paul. Paul's my videographer. I just want to connect you to. And then then that gives you the opens the door to where you can have a little conversation with them. I'm looking forward to working at this venue. You know, are are there specific things you need that I need to know before I show up or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, you know, it kind of starts, it's a lot of it is communication. And I think that's where a lot of people forget, you know, is to communicate, you were talking about, you know, before the event, I think people forget to communicate with people pre-event. And the more, you know, like say you're working with a photographer for the first time and you want to do something special. I think if you reach out to that photographer and say, hey, at 45, I, I'm, I'm going to do that. You're more welcome to join me. But it, it just, it's something that I do in all my videos, you know, and then it, it you know, then they have that expectation going in at, hey, at 645, Paul's going to take them. I'm going to chime along and get, a, a, you know, or, or come along and get a few uh, shots, you know? So I think people forget the communication part. Oh yeah. Cause they, they, uh, there was, I went to, a, um, uh, I want to say it was wedding NBA or something. And some guy was up there, uh, giving, uh, you know, a speech and he was talking to a room full of DJs and I, and he got up there and he goes, there's two timelines. There's the wedding planners timeline. And then my timeline. I have the microphone, so we're going by my timeline. And in my head, I'm like, this guy will never, he's going to be hated by every planner, every venue, because, and it's the ego, right? Ego, look at me, look at me. I have, you know, and that's not the way to do it. It's, you know, there's a couple venues that we work with that I don't 100% agree with how they do things, but that's how they do things, you know? And I've been actually able to get a few of them to tweak them through relationships, if that makes any sense. It's like, you know, once you have a relationship with them, I was able to, hey, have you ever thought about changing this up and doing it like this, you know, X, Y, and Z instead of ABC, you know, and then people, they're a little bit more open to that communication because you, you started that relationship with them, you know? So, you know, you got, once again, it goes back, we're guests in their home, you got to play by their rules. Right. I, I really like that you mentioned that there are venues that you don't agree with. And this is kind of like the season of not agreeing with whatever people are doing right now. So, you know, you always see uh, people working weddings um, that are not up to code, the like the regulations, they're, they're doing weddings that are like 150 people. And mm-hmm. how do you feel about businesses who promote that or even in their Instagram stories, just like what you said, mentioned everyone's on Instagram. How do you feel about that? And what do you think they should not do? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, we're like pirates right now. You know, we're, we're out there and we're having to, you know, we really are. We're having to save our businesses and do what we have to do. So we're probably, a few of us are going to do things that we probably would normally do, you know, pre-pandemic. I think you don't promote those things. You know, um, we did a wedding a couple months ago that, you know, it, and it was, you know, once I, like you said, it was just drop, set up some market lights and dropped up. We have these big giant love letters that are eight feet tall. And so they had our letters there and we dropped them off. And um, me and my, you know, it's, I, I pretty much a furloughed. I'm down to um, four employees 
and that are still part of, you know, that are still working every day. So it was, you know, I'm working again and setting up things and doing stuff, but we show up, me and my uh, operations uh, person, and we look at each other, we're like, this is not safe. You know, like it didn't feel right. So we did what we had to do, got in and got out. It did, we never promoted it on social media. Like it was not, you're the first I ever told that we did that, you know, but it was, you know, but if we didn't do that event, that bride was gonna want all her money back and she paid us all the money. And, you know, at that time, you know, I don't, when we're not, income's not coming in, you don't want to be writing checks to people as well. So we kind of did it um, reluctantly, you know, but I, I think you don't promote it. You know, you don't, you know, that's sort of it, you know, like um, one of my DJ friends was talking to me um, and he goes, I keep seeing all these DJs and they're at these weddings and none of them are wearing masks. And I'm like, well, he goes, they're all on social media. I'm like, well, then they're fools, you know? Because, you know, I, I I did a wedding over Labor Day weekend, which in California, we probably shouldn't have done. It was a 40-person wedding. It was all outdoors. Um, and they took every precaution to make this safe for them, their, their, their family, and their friends. And there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do a wedding of 40 people, you know, like that size in California. But I, I had my mask on the entire time. They had hand sanitizer stations everywhere. I brought my own hand sanitizer. I had wipes. I had, you know, everything I needed to do. But once again, we didn't promote that wedding because it's not, you know, legal here in California to, to be doing a gathering of that size. So I don't know. That's why I call us pirates. You know, we're having to do what we have to do to, to for our businesses. You know, we're not, I don't think any of us, unless you have deep, deep pockets, uh, or in the position to be writing checks to people, you know, give back money. So we're doing what we have to do. You know, as a company, we have now postponed over 260 weddings. Uh, a major, you know, some of them were like, boom, into the fall, because we all thought by the fall, you know, when this all happened in March, we were like, oh, yeah, by summer, you know, by June, we'll be back. And, you know, like, we had no idea. No, I mean, we, you know, I feel, I feel so ignorant looking back at what we our thoughts were back in March to where they are today. You know, like I'm going to be thankful if we do, you know, weddings, the beginning of 2021, you know, like I'm hoping, you know, by December we'll, we'll be back to doing the gatherings of 50, you know, something will be happening, you know, it's crazy. And people that... got to feel safe. Right. Yeah. And so. I was, I wanted to mention, it's crazy that you, you call us pirates because it's so true. It's like, we, we have to do, something and you know it's not like I, I think that's where the professional people are separated from the amateur ones because you know you you do your you still want to work but you do it with caution and you know you try to do it as up to code as possible but at the same time you can only do so much because you can't mm -hmm. really control other people like I, I work with some photographers who you know they take off their masks because it's warm yeah. and i'm like eh, stay away from me so yeah we we've done a lot not not a lot but a handful of weddings which weren't up to code well mm -hmm. it was up to code but it it's still like i feel like you know it's still gonna bite us back when all of this is you know blown over so in what area are you paul um i'm in southern california Okay. So okay. in Orange County, yeah. actually. So, yeah. you know, we... You guys are getting a little bit more opened up than we are up here. Which is a little scary know? because we're still not yeah. out of the woods. And, you know, um, 
that's the reason why I'm like people here. You, you I, I know you know that people here are like half and half. Everyone mm -hmm. else, you know, wants to go back to normal, and yeah, we really can't control that. So what me and my wife decided was we're only going to book weddings who are going to do up up to code. Like last weekend, I did a wedding of eight people, and mm -hmm. it was still they had dinner at Dana Point, and it was great. But you know, you it's not all the time that we we get weddings like that. But I just feel oh. like you know you could only do so much and it's just the risk that you're taking so uh, be as professional as possible but try not to promote it if it <laughs> yeah like that wedding that wedding i uh told you about back in august was uh it was way out in the country you know so no one was going to know about it it's a venue that's way out there so i'm I, one it's just like social media nowadays you're going to get caught you know with some of this stuff so like you know and it's not necessarily you or it's it, it's like for that venue, I was the whole time me and the guy that were setting up, we were like, these guests, you know, they're posting stuff, you know, that they're at a wedding and none of the tables were social distanced. Not, you know, none of us were walking around the mass, even for the ceremony, all the chairs, you know, were all up to get, I mean, this was like a wedding pre pandemic, you know, and it was just, and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel comfortable. You know, it was just like, this is crazy. That's why I was like, we're pirates. We're out. You were out having to do what we have to do to save our businesses. So, so but, how, but my whole thing, I keep saying, because I know you're down there in Orange County. So, uh, you know, they keep talking about opening Disneyland and I'm an annual pass holder of Disneyland. And, you know, but we're not ready to we're not ready to go back yet, you know. But I'm like, if they open up Disneyland, they better open up weddings because there's no reason why we can't. We'll be safer at a wedding than you would be at Disneyland. Right. So. And to be honest, people, I think as long as you establish rules that are, you know, f within like the planner, if they enforce the rules, I, I feel like people are willing to follow, especially if the couple is up for it. It's just tough if the couple's against it, then, then you're trying to plan this wedding. So it's it's just a really, really scary. <laughs> I think. For a little bit, it's funny, a couple of just talking to how weddings are happening across the country right now. Um, like some of these areas are having it's like security, but they're like COVID, you know, they're to COVID. And they're almost like a security officer that is like, hey, ma'am, you can't do that. And like, kind of enforcing the rules. And it's not it's not the planner. It's not the venue. It, it's, you know, it's someone that's their job is to go around and make sure everyone's being safe. And I think that. I mean, when I heard someone, a venue doing that, I was like, that's the right way to do it. Because then, you know, because you look like that job's not going to be around forever. You know, it's, you know, maybe around for a little bit through next year or, you know, who knows what the crystal ball is going to bring us. But, you know, but that planner may offend someone, you know, that is future business by telling someone to put on a mask, you know, as simple as something that, Oh, who, who are you? The event planner? Oh, I'll never use you. You know, that, that attitude. And if you had someone else that's, you know, Switzerland, so to speak, that would just, that was their job. I think it's great, you know? And then like um, our, our whipper president in Southern California, her name's Renee Dallow, her, her oh, husband. Renee. Yeah. Her, her husband is a producer, you know, for television. And she was telling me the other day that, um, that they have someone on set that their job is just to make sure everyone's following the COVID rules because they don't want to get, they don't want the production to get shut down. 
you know, so that's, so someone, she said the binder's like this thick and it's like, there's so many rules, but that's their job is they're, they're the COVID police, so to speak. So, so do you think that's actually a good business to have right now is to have be like yeah, a COVID for a hot, police for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that's a good idea as opposed to the actual vendors trying to control everything? Like having like that extra service? Because I, 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 I know of officials and know of planners who are committed to like stopping a ceremony or stopping a reception. Like I know I have DJ friends who are willing to stop the reception if they see people like not having masks on. So mm -hmm. do you feel like the there should be like an extra service or how do you I feel think about it? That? Well, when I heard that idea, I thought it was genius because it's not. So now the DJ doesn't look like a jerk. Right. You know, and because what I think it does, it affects your future business, you know, because, you know, say you were at the wedding, Paul, you had your mask down because you were hot or whatever it was. Let someone else come up and tell you not the DJ, because then you're going to go, well, who's that DJ? I'm never going to use him again, you know, and go from there. Right. And it, it it's just so hard. Like you're right. It's just ruining future business. <laughs> unless it really is. Unless you don't want to no, attract I mean, those people anyway. <laughs> yeah, do. But part of it too is, for some reason, a lot of this falls on the planner. You know, which unrightfully it shouldn't fall on the planner. You know, like even like, um, say the DJ like this happened to a planner friend of mine. The DJ did not like to MC. So he kept handing the microphone to the planner. It's not the planner's job to MC a wedding, you know? So I, I feel like all the shortcomings of a wedding always fall upon the planner. And and that, that shouldn't be, but that's usually what happens because they're having to pick up the pieces, but they shouldn't have to also be the police at the wedding, you know, of making sure everyone's safe. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's, That's weird that having the D the DJ giving the microphone to the planner. I've no, it, yeah, uh, yeah. I I went about. I was like, oh my god, because he was a he was a club DJ. Club DJs don't MC, you know. So being a wedding DJ and a club DJ are two totally different. My my cousin was a club DJ for years, and he would he hated weddings. He would always refer all the weddings to me, you know, which was great because he had a lot of friends, you know, and he he even came and. He did a dance set at, you know, he was a guest at the wedding and we arranged for him to do a dance set. I think that's fine. But all the introductions and all that you want handled by a professional, someone that knows what they're doing, not, you know, someone that doesn't feel comfortable on a microphone. Right. Oh, man. It, I, I just feel like since there's not a lot of events right now and when people refer other people, it's actually well thought of because you know there's only a handful of people that you need to know that you could trust and at the same time it's the perfect time to network and it's perfect time to reach out and communicate with other mm -hmm. people how do you feel about that oh i 100 agree with that it's you know you you know in time of crisis you call the people you know you know <laughs> and it's like you or you know and you think of a wedding i always joked a long time ago sometimes these weddings are like the war And you want you want the people that you could trust and you, you know, the people that, you know, you can go to war with and, um, you know, standing by your side, you know, and it's the same. You know, it's like you get a high maintenance, you know, couple or a high maintenance mom or whatever it is. You're like, oh, I know the perfect, you know, X, Y and Z. I can put you with the perfect florist that someone that's detailed oriented, you know, is not willing to. 
tell mom, you know, I, I think sometimes people are afraid to tell people no in our industry. But I, I, I've learned over my years, it, it's okay to say, no, you can't, I, I've done that and it doesn't work, you know, and don't want to do that, you know? And so having that, because a lot of moms get involved in their daughter's weddings and because I think that they didn't have the wedding of their dreams. And so now they're kind of vicariously living through their daughter or their son. Like I, like the wedding I did over Labor Day weekend, that mom lived through this, you know, like planned the whole wedding. I never met the groom until the day of the wedding. And, uh, it literally, but I met, I knew his mom, I knew his sister and I, and the bride, like they were all, you know, they were all involved, you know? So sometimes I think the, the people get a little too involved and not being, it's okay to tell people, no, that doesn't work. And, and, but having a reason why, you know, so, but it, it's the people that are, I think the newer people are like, cause I did it when I, I was brand new. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. You just did it however they wanted because they were the client, but then you realize sometimes that that's not the right way to do it. So, right. I love, I love strong that. people on your side. Yes. People you can depend on for sure. I love yeah. that analogy that when you go to war, you want to go to war with people <laughs> you can trust. And it, it yeah. really works. It works all the time. Whenever we, we go to a wedding and I find out that every single vendor I know personally, it's just, it takes a low, a huge it's load a relief. on my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge relief because you're like, okay. And especially if you have, you know, like if this client's been a little, what I find some, because we deal with a lot of clients that are up here in Silicon Valley. So their jobs, they're working like nonstop. So their job is more important to them than the wedding, which is sounds crazy, you know, because usually the wedding is the most important thing ever to people. And so it's, it's like pulling teeth to get information out of them. Hey, just need X, Y, and Z so we can, you know, detail out your wedding. Well, we need to know this so we can make make your wedding happen. And and it's not because they don't want to. It's just they're so busy. You know, they're so focused on their job. And, you know, some of, you know, like our clients that work at Facebook or Instagram or even Apple. I mean, some of them get to work early in the morning and don't come home till late at night, you know, because they won. These companies have made it so comfortable for them to be there. You know, they, uh, you know, they feed them breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, they have a hair, you know, bike shop, hairstylist. I mean, you name it, they got it on, on these campuses. So no one ever wants to leave, you know, but that also makes them work nonstop. That is nuts. But yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, uh, I, I, I just feel like the higher the, the, but the client, the budget of the client is the more hands off they are because kind of like what you said it's, when they're like really successful and busy they want to just pay you the money and you do all of the stuff how do you feel about it's, that it's funny i, I kind of agree with you on that because it, it it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to get what they want out of them right you know because they, they are busy but they're more appreciative of you you know because you're 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 making, like you said, we're a solution to their problem or, you know, like we're, we're solving their, their problems. And then the other thing is, it's just, we're making their lives easier. You know, we, they, they have, they've hired the professionals to do what they need to do. I, I, it's funny. I, I sometimes there's a, there's a venue out here that we work at that, you know, it's a little bit more cost effective to rent on a Sunday. And so sometimes you'll get people that I feel are stretching themselves out of their budget to go to this venue um, and so they're skimping on all the other things. And so I'm like, oh, this is one of those weddings where they're, they blew the whole budget on the venue. And now they're trying to make it, they're trying to piece it together the back end to make it look decent. But it was really important for them to be at this venue, you know, so you get all kinds of different, you know, 
different kind of things. But then also too, I think there's people that value, you know, um, you may have a paper plate wedding, but they hire a $15,000 photographer because their photos are important to them. You know, it just, and the food wasn't, you know, or, you know, or the look of the wedding wasn't, you know, sometimes it just, sometimes you get into these strange weddings where you're just like, ah, the florist is the most important part of this wedding. You know, like they really like the flower, <laughs> like it all comes together once you get there. So. Right. And at the end of the day, you just make sure that you do your job and make sure that, you know, you're the solution, right? Because I remember yeah. we did one wedding where, we were the only vendors that were hired. The photographer oh, was a friend who was an amateur, no DJ, Ooh. no caterer. The venue was paid for and us. They paid us full price. And, you know, there wasn't a planner. There wasn't a DJ. So we we just tried to make like a timeline for them. And the, the guests, they brought their own food. It was like a potluck thing. It was just, oh. and at the end of the day, the bride enjoyed the video because we tried to like piece it together for the video. Yeah. And then we were trying to guide the photographer as well. Like, this is how you pose them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it worked out. So I, I just feel like, you know, when but you worked hard, right? You probably harder wedding you've ever worked, but then you get a lot of appreciation from the people. So we're like friends for life. And it was like 103 yeah. degrees that day. So. Oh. Yeah, it was. It's funny how you never forget. Sometimes based on the weather, it poured rain or it it was so hot. Oh my gosh! Well, that's the thing. Like for all of these experiences are priceless. Like, and you have to use that to your advantage to sell your service to couples and make sure that you're they're in the right hands. I feel like. Mm -hmm. So if yeah, um, if there's anything that you want the the audience to take away from this interview about um cultivating the relationship with other creative partners what would it be i would say you can never over communicate so communicate 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 and there's a lot of power in the word no you know so uh you know remember that and the other thing i will say is never ask to be on a preferred vendor list so that's the other thing i always tell people uh I think it's okay to ask how they put together the list, but I would never ask to be on the list. Cause I, it, like I said, I'm friendly. I've developed relationships with many of the, uh, you know, venues out here. And that is one of their pet peeves. Like you'll immediately go to the bottom of the list. If you go, you know, Hey, I'm Paul and I'm an amazing videographer and here's my card. You need to add me to your list. You need me, you know, and going in there with that attitude. So no one asked to ever be on the list. I've never asked, but I've asked how the process worked, but I've never asked to be on the list. I've let, I let my, let them see me in action, let them, you know, get there. And, you know, you, you will, you will get on that list before you know it. Time takes time, three years. I'm a big believer in, in the number of three. So it, it takes three years to develop a relationship, three years to get on a list, you know, so it's just, you got to invest in time. It takes time. Yeah, and it's uh, I love the book uh, Compound Effect. Like it's about compound interest. Like you, you plant the seed now, but don't you don't harvest it too early. You just have to like water it and stuff. So, I, I and that's that. exactly what it is with the with these relationships. You just got to remember, you know, it takes time. But the other thing too, remember is as fast as you get on these lists, you can, you know, they're also, uh, you know, well, you can get off 
So you got to take care of the, just because you're on the list doesn't mean you're going to always be on the list. You got to take care of the client and make sure you're doing right by everyone. Yep. And I always see, I think the most obvious for me are the planners and photographers in lists and they just really cultivated the relationships with the venues. And they, once yeah, they yeah. walk in, you see the, the venue owner, just their eyes are just like filled with glee. And I think that is the most important thing to keep your business alive. Right. Especially yeah. during this time. And it's a real relationship. It's not yeah, fake. Right. Cause I've also seen the fake relationships where people, it was a videographer in our area and he was like such a jerk behind the scenes. And then as soon as the wedding planner or someone from the venue walked in, it was like a light switch and he was a total different person, you know? And it was just like, and it was funny because uh, one of the planners caught him being uh, at the venue. She, I, she, and cause I've always said, I'm like, he's not, he's two different people. You know, I'm like, he's two different people. And cause she's always like, he's so nice. I'm like, Oh no, he's not. <laughs> and then finally she caught him in the non nice and she was right. shocked. So, and the, uh, my my final point, and I just realized this, you know, when uh, going back to whenever you do weddings that are not up to code and you post it online, you know, people talk, people will, people are concerned, people are, you know, they they always talk and they talk in groups, especially now. There's not just Facebook groups, like Facebook Messenger has like chats, and so just oh, yeah. make sure that you not try to satisfy everyone, but you just be as professional and just follow. Yeah. Those. I mean, we all got to do what we got to do to survive. We also got to, you know, you know, you don't have to tell everyone what you're doing. You know, you don't have to put it out there. You don't have to be, you know, or you can even commiserate with people in a group. You may have a group of friends. You know, that's the other good thing is I have a group of people that I can, I'm having an issue with a client or even sometimes it's like, I'll get a venue, like will call us and say, Hey, are you, you that knows we're working with this client? Are you having the same situation with this client? You know, kind of, and we'll compare stories. And sometimes, you know, if we're having a hard time with a client that's at this venue, I'll be like, hey, give me the details, you know, like, and that, I mean, that, that relationship is priceless because then I'm able now to figure out how to handle a client and deal with the client based on what's, what they're, you know, what the scenario is going on over there as well. So, yeah, it's important. Communication. See, communication, communication, communication. Right. So. And there's so many other ways for you to be able to network and develop relationships without working with other people or without, you know, just Oh yeah. Just make sure you communicate. And I love that. That's 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 exactly what I feel like people need to hear. So yeah. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much. If you could uh Tell people how to reach you if you have a website that you want to promote or anything that sure. you want to promote. Well, you can find me uh, weddingiq.com is our is the wedding the B2B wedding blog and then fantasysound.com is my is my uh, business. So and then you can get me at uh, you know email Kevin at either of the companies uh, you know dot com will get me the you know, email me directly if you have any questions. I'm pretty good about answering questions and that kind of stuff. Um, I always forget my Instagram handle. I think I'm Kevin M. Dennis. Uh, it's my Instagram. We'll, we'll post all of I it need, in the in the. Yeah, description. I need to remember that stuff. I always get in trouble by my publicist for not remembering <laughs> stupid things like that. But I've been. It's funny it, since we got in the pandemic. I've been like shied away from, and I need to start getting back in there. I need to start looking at Instagram and Facebook. I just have tried to, with everything going on in the world, I just don't want to, uh, you know, another thing to bring me down. 
So I've been, especially like you guys, I don't know if you guys are dealing with the smoke down there like we are. Um, You know, the smoke is huge and it's just been, you know, it's just like every time you're around, it's something, something, something. So I've been trying to put my blinders on and focus, but I also think it's time to take my blinders off and start social media and it up. Right. I'll get there. It's starting to get a little better here, but it's, I could you could still smell it, but there's no more ash uh, falling. So let's yeah. Go. Well, it was orange here the other day, so it was like wow, the whole day. Yeah, it Ooh. was like being in Mars. It was so it, the whole day was orange. It was the grossest thing ever. Oh my so, gosh! Well, yeah, uh, hopefully, my, yeah. I was going to say my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live up in Oregon, and they're I mean we've been over 300 a couple times, but not that bad. They've been four or five hundred their air quality for almost a week. It's crazy. So I, I just, I don't even know how you go out. can't even go outside at that point. Oh man. Yeah. I saw Oregon. So. It's kind of like in Mars too. So yeah, it's just, I hope um, yeah. everything, you know, it, all of this gets better and especially you guys in NorCal. So yeah, hopefully it's yeah, crazy. 3.3 million acres environment oh. in California. It's, I mean, it's just like, and normally we, I think, I forget it's like triple or five times. I forget. I saw something recently. It's just, it's record, record, record. So global warming's for real people. Oh yeah. Well, so. it's just, we, we just have to, uh, if, if there's anything that this pandemic has taught me is just be ready for everything now, not just yeah. like the <laughs> plan no. B, just yeah. make sure you're ready for everything. Yeah. So ABCD, I have a plan for every <laughs> letter of the alphabet. Oh man. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I know I'm oh, my pleasure. going over time with your time, but I oh, no do problem. know I really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Kevin. All the best to you. Thanks for having me, Paul. You know, all the best to you too as well. Thanks so much, Kevin, for joining us. If you want to learn more about him, feel free to click the links in the show notes. Just in case you want to learn more about running your wedding business, but you want to read it in shorter bite-sized formats, the Wedding Boston's podcast has a blog, and that's where I post most of the cool information I find from different places. I also have a YouTube channel, so if you want to watch the videos of the interviews, just head on to that link. All of the links are in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and if you've learned anything from today's episode, I'd really appreciate it if you write a review or subscribe to my show. That would really help a lot to keep this show going. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. This is the Wedding Boss Podcast. Podcast.